If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guest and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to We're Talking Shift. So last week, we spoke with Neil Donald Walsh about our relationship with God, or if you prefer another reference, higher power, creator, source energy, whatever works for you. But we talked about, among many other things, the God dilemma and the God solution. So this week, we're gonna be talking about relationship dilemmas and solutions. So you have heard me share a lot of, as I call them, relationship tips over the past three years. So I thought it would be really fun to get some intel from another expert to add to your box of tools. So you all know that when your relationship is in turmoil, or maybe it's not in turmoil, maybe it's just sort of, beige, you know, it, it when it's like that, it kind of tends to bleed into and overshadow everything else that's going on in your life. But when it's thriving, well, then it seems to help elevate all of the other aspects of your life. So my guest today helps couples take every aspect of their relationship to new heights so that they can thrive. Alana Pratt is an intimacy expert. She's a relationship coach, the author of six books and host of the very edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations, and the creator of the newly launched intimacy training and partnering app called Heartmates. So I am very much looking forward to getting her take on a few things. So without further ado, Alana, welcome to We're Talking Shift. Oh, Laurie, it's really wonderful to be here. And it's funny because we talked about that going rogue story. And mm. right out of the gate, mentioning deal Neil Donald Walsh, I have like a going rogue conversations with God story. So we're going to have a oh. good time today, I can tell already. That's awesome. So I want, you know what, since you brought that up, let's just, usually we do that later on in the show, but let's just go with it right now. Tell me your story. Well, thank you. So I, it was Y2K. Remember when it was going to be year two, 2000 and the world was going to come to an end. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. flying from Vancouver to LA and I was reading um, one of the conversations with God books. And there was this beautiful passage and the energy on the flight was so contracted. Like we were all going to die. And so I, I had this inspiration and my heart starts pumping and I'm like, oh, just you be quiet, little inspiration from my heart. And it's got louder and louder, almost like it pulled me out of my seat. So up I went to the flight attendants and I said, do you think it would be okay or support the, the passengers? If I just read this little passage from this book by this cool guy, Neil Donald Walsh, I think it just might, you know, put more ease onto the flight. So they're like, sure. This is of course before 9-11 when you could like go up and talk to the, you know, talk yeah. to everybody, right? Yeah. That's so, so cool. I read a little story and uh, as I was walking back to 9F, 9F was very far. Everybody was looking at me weird after like, who's this crazy person? But then the, uh, the, um, the pilot got on. He said, well, we're at 35,000 feet. And wasn't that lovely? Why don't you turn to one of the friends next to you and just make, make a new friend? Um, and so it was totally inspired by Neil. And it's yeah. one of those moments where are you going to be fully self-expressed? And this comes all the way back to who are you going to be in your marriage, in your relationship, in the bedroom, you mm. know, at dinner, you know, are you going to be fully self-expressed and listen to those whispers of your heart? Or are you just going to play it safe, not risk rejection, just look good, do it right, seek approval. So um, that's an example of me walking yeah. my talk of, yeah, yeah. You, never I would, know you can be. Yeah. I mean, that. I think that took some like some brass ovaries there, girl. I mean, because <laughs> you know what? Because right, the like you said. I mean, are you going to kind of follow that that little nudge of inspiration? Because you had this inspiration, like I really want to share this. But you know, a lot of us, myself included, I might feel that way. But I might be then the next thought would be, oh God, people are going to think I'm loony. You know, rejection, disapproval, you're nuts. You know, all of the all of the reasons that you feel 
feel like you should just be still and and keep your mouth shut. So yeah. I think that that is an amazing going rogue story because that does that that took some nerve and courage. It did, and it yet the bigger the bigger picture was the well being of everybody on the flight, right? And the smaller picture was well, I'm sure a lot of people did think I was you know batshit crazy, um, and yet isn't it also interesting when a person of authority like the pilot said wasn't that lovely, conversation erupted within the plane, right. and to really have a look at you know where are we seeking approval to be our fullest self, the mm -hmm. pilot or our soul, mm -hmm. right? And to yeah. take our power back and to really let our own love lead the way. Yeah. And that's such a perfect, perfect demonstration of why I love it when a guest shares a going rogue story. Because when you demonstrate something like that in your life, it mm -hmm. literally gives people permission to do the same. Now they feel like, yeah. wow, she did that. Maybe I maybe I could do something that I feel is just as risky or yeah. seemingly crazy. Um, you know, so it's just and and when you're talking about the subject of of spirituality or god, you know, there's it's surprising how many people are so open to that, but we have gotten to a point in our society where we have a tendency to kind of hold back because we're not sure if, oh, people are going to think, oh, you're one of those people. Like there's something, you know, something wrong with that or something like old school about that or, you know what I, but, but once you bring it up, it's the rare person that doesn't go, oh, I'm so glad you said that. I feel like, you know, I feel like that too, or I have similar thoughts and feelings. And I love it when there's somebody that I can talk with about it. It's really interesting. Yeah. 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 It's my love of, of being intimate with uh, myself and with other people. That's why I don't, I've been divorced twice. So I don't call myself a marriage expert. I do call myself an intimacy expert because the reason why those relationships didn't work is that I didn't slow down and get vulnerable and transparent and mm. honest with myself. Mm. I didn't have that honest, real raw relationship with the divine. And clearly it wasn't passing through from the inside to the outside in my beloved relationships. So I yeah. think it's very important for us to come to terms with the be at peace with all the way to celebrate what's uniquely dorky and magnificent <laughs> about each of us right? And, and shine that because it's, it's going to polarize who's not meant to be in your life. And it's going to attract like a vortex without even any effort exactly who's meant to be in your life personally mm -hmm. professionally and it's just it's just easier to be yeah. who you are rather than yeah. contract and what did i say to this one oh i better not right. say that because yeah I don't like yeah, editing yourself is a lot of work yes it's <laughs> exhausting right? yeah it's exhausting it's a lot of work it's no fun right because no. you're trying to be what you think you should be yes you know how you think somebody else wants you to be so that you know you're showing up the way that you feel is going to be acceptable and you know lovable to yeah. them and yeah there's something there's something wrong with that that's mm -hmm. it's it's definitely the opposite of feeling free um and you're yeah. right you're not going to be able to have an honest relationship because you're actually not being honest with yourself Right. And of course, I speak from total um, transformation in this area because I think I got like a PhD in people pleasing. I was raised very much to be three steps ahead. Got to be safe. Got to look good. Don't get rejected um, or dad might blow or whatever mm. would happen growing up. And mm -hmm. so I know what it's like to viscerally feel that sense of terror and that hypervigilance of being three steps ahead to, to be safe, look good, get approval. And it happened for most of my life. I'm only very recently feeling freer inside to just be the expression of my soul. So yeah. I have great compassion for any of us. I call it like being miswired from the mm -hmm. outside in versus the inside out. I was mm -hmm. highly miswired. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. It makes us have drive. I graduated cum laude from an Ivy League school. I lived, you know, in Japan, I was a model, like I've been very successful, but if I was to really slow down and tell the truth, it was driven. It was like motivated by fear. Mm -hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't inspired by love. It wasn't unattached. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. it's a journey. Interesting. Journey. It is. But going through that, and now that you've, you know, rewired, I love the way you said miswired. That's a really great way to put it. But now also it makes you able to 
be very empathetic and understanding of the place that other people are coming from with their struggles. Cause you, cause totally. you've been, you've been in your own, you know, through your own challenges. And I'll yeah. tell you what else is kind of cool about this is, um, this is going to be very interesting to me because I've been married, happily married for 37 years. Nice. So the relationship, as I call them, relationship tips that yeah. I've talked about uh, it through various podcasts over the last few years, um, you know, coming from my own experience, you know, I'll be curious to see you coming from a whole different experience. You're going to have, you know, some different, some different viewpoints, some different, um, you know, advice or guidance or, or suggestions for people to consider. And I think that's going to be really interesting because you've mm -hmm. had a whole different journey than I have. Yes. Fun. Yes. Yeah. I, I figure we both have probably had just as many lessons. You just had it with the same person and I right. had it with different people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's definitely been um, a learning curve throughout, you know, for I'm both sure. of us. So, so that's really, this is going to be fun. So first of all, um, what led you to becoming an intimacy expert and a relationship coach? How did you get from being modeling in Japan, for example, and the other things you talked about to, to doing this? Yeah, my first husband, um, I was tall, dark and handsome, multimillionaire. Uh, kind, kind man, but I was, I hadn't done any personal growth work yet. So I still had a lot of daddy issues. And mm -hmm. as I alluded to before wanting to be safe all the time, you know, a man is a plan and, and a rich, handsome one at, at that. And so what I found in that relationship was that I was, was trying so hard to control the situation to get his approval. And of course that event, you know, if you're seeking that you push the person away so six years, um, six years of our relationship that completed, we moved from Tokyo. He was an expat over there. We moved to New York City, and then we moved to LA. And when I got to LA, I found more of my people. It wasn't weird that I hid in the closet to meditate because he thought that was a little strange, my spiritual you know, te techniques and, and such. So that relationship ended. Next relationship started right when my mom was dying of cancer. Mm. My heart was closed. So we attract who we are being. So I attract another closed hearted individual. And again, I thought the first one was a man as a plan. The second one is a baby as a plan. I'll just have a baby and everything will be fine. Mm. No, mom died. And within a year, it was like, oh dear, I've, I've made a mistake again. And the only one in common was me. And so as I started to slow down and really do the inner work, I realized, as I said before, I didn't have an intimate relationship with myself. When I looked inside any of the insecurities I found, the humiliation I found, the scared little girl I found. I wanted nothing to do with her. Chop, chop, two by four. Come on, put you in a good mood. Let's look good. Mm -hmm. Let's achieve more. Let's accomplish more. Let's spin faster. And so it really was a homecoming to myself and not to fix myself, not to change myself. I literally, that second relationship led to about a 12-year custody battle. He was oh. not thrilled that I, from his point of view, humiliated him and left him. I said I would be with him forever and I broke my word. Mm. So he wanted revenge. And remember he Ow. had a closed heart because I had a closed heart and I ah. had to take ownership of that. And so there was a time when our son was about, I think about 15, where he said, you know, mom, I'm going to live with dad. I need you to take the high road. I know you still have physical and legal custody, but it's the only way we'll have peace. And so I did, I took the high road and I let him live with his dad. And I went out and I had sort of a controlled nervous breakdown in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I sat out on that deck and I wrote down all my fears. Maybe he'll never call me again. Maybe everyone will opt out of Facebook. Maybe I'll go bankrupt. Maybe I'll die alone. I just kept writing them down. Mm -hmm. And then I put these bookends on those statements, Lori. And I said, even if everybody opts out of Facebook and I lose my business and I'm a barista in Costa Rica, whatever. <laughs> I love and accept myself. Even if my son never calls me again, I love and accept myself. Even if I die alone and never find love, I love and accept myself. And I began to cultivate this internal intimate relationship. And I began to visualize, think the thoughts, visualize, feel the emotions, feel the full body sensations of what it was like to be in zero resistance to myself. Mm -hmm. All I'd ever known was judgment of self, judgment of self, judgment of self. And then I imagine looking at little Alana and saying, you know what? Even if you never change for eternity, I'm not going anywhere. 
I got your back. It was the first moment I'd ever truly experienced unconditional love, love without mm. condition. Like mm -hmm. even if you're single forever, never change, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going anywhere. And then yeah. there was this direct experience with the divine. Like as soon as I, it was like little Russian dolls. Like I kind of had my back and then I felt the universe that had always been there having my back, but I wouldn't let it in because my heart was closed, too busy mm -hmm. judging myself. Yeah. And then I felt I was on that cabin, that deck, and I'm like, I'm all alone. My life totally sucks, but I'm so happy. I'm one with God. This is amazing. Okay, I think I'm onto something. You had an epiphany. I did. I had a direct experience with the divine. And mm. I said, okay, I'm not going to be a marriage expert. Relationships, well, certainly relationship with self. Let's call this an intimacy expert. Let's mm -hmm. make intimacy beyond just bound chicka bound bound sex. Let's yeah. have it be about our relationship with ourself, our body, our dreams, the divine. And if we can do that inward work well, I bet you it's going to have a better effect on my dating life, on my marriage mm -hmm. to be life. And of course, my business exploded at that point. They're like, wow, you're vulnerable. Teach me how to not judge myself and keep my heart open. Teach me how to be okay if I'm single forever or married forever. It's not even about that. It's about this becoming the one, having this relationship with ourself. Yeah. And um, so that's how I yeah. got here. That's fantastic. Not at all what I expected, which I love, which I love. And I mean, it's just kind of very interesting how this has flowed from the beginning here, where, where I was talking about, you know, Neil Donald Walsh and conversations with God, how this has flowed into this, because really, you're so spot on with that. I mean, if if you and I'm sure you have the same conversation and talk about these things with your clients, I know I do. Everybody is so busy looking, looking for everything to be made right for them. And they're looking for it all out there. Yeah. By this person or this thing or this opportunity or, you know, this experience or whatever. And it can never, it can't fill that spot that's yeah. within that yeah. you need to cultivate from within. Yeah. That's, that's your go-to place. That's the place that never leaves you. All you have to do is, is right. Step into it and cultivate it yeah. and show up for it. Yeah, because it's always it does, there. It is always there. And it's hidden. There's a beautiful quote, a quote by Rumi, and I'll butcher it, but something to do with, it's not about seeking love, it's about re removing the veils to yeah. it. Yeah. So it, it is work. It yeah, is about like a reveal. Meeting, yeah. yeah, it's about meeting our wobbly parts and not judging them and not mm -hmm. trying to focus so much on the pleasure of our accomplishments or avoiding the pain of our challenges, but just letting it all be Yes. Yeah. One big yeah. Yes. And actually, I just turned 52 on Saturday and I am by myself in a, a home in Airbnb in the middle of Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere. And I had a filet mignon dinner and I roasted all these vegetables and I had my glass of champagne. And I was watching Eat, Pray, Love because I'm moving to India in two weeks for a year. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll tell you about that in a second. But there okay. And I had had lovely texts from some my staff my clients, my friends. Um, but I sat there and I swear, and I guess we never get there, right? We're always growing, always evolving. Yeah. But I didn't, I was very alone. I didn't feel alone. I felt literally energetically connected to all the people I love, connected mm -hmm. to the divine. And I didn't feel sad. I, I was just so home in my body and in my life while sitting there totally alone. Yeah, at peace. I was. I was, yeah. That's amazing. I have to say, where in Wyoming are you? You know, I'm in Wyoming. I live in Cody. No, Wyoming. I don't know. I'm in Cody, Wyoming right now. So where are you? Lander. You're yeah. not even that far from where I live. I, no that's way. Bizarre. We should, have, we should have coffee. I mean, like, I swear, I, there's like reindeer everywhere, or like deer and horses. Like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's bizarre. I mean, a lot of people, if you ask them to, to where Wyoming is, they're not even sure. They're like, right. where's Wyoming again? <laughs> so the fact that you are actually, I think you're only within like two hours from me oh my God. in, in Wyoming. <laughs> like, it, we'll talk about that at the end of the show, especially okay. if you're, and then you're moving to India. So I got you just in time before you leave the country. Is that <laughs> a, like a permanent move, a temporary move? It'll be for a year to start um, about, well, when COVID hit, 
I had this, um, another one of those inspirations, like to get up and read to the airplane on Y2K and another <laughs> one of those moments, like you need to get, I saw like a, a, a way, like, um, like a surf. And it was this, it was a wave of fear of the mental health crisis that was coming. I could feel this wave of fear coming and I knew I had to get up ahead of it. I knew I had to surf it. I knew I had to be of service. And so I, I'm sure like you, we've, we've been in our businesses for a while. I've been doing this for two decades and I have private clients, group clients, retreats, that's been my business. And yet I, I knew I had to leverage larger, bigger. I had to scale, I had to be able to serve more people. And so dating apps, in my opinion, are designed to keep people single. They don't make money if you heal your heart, learn how to communicate effectively, keep your heart open in the face of anything. No, no, no. They want you to just mess it up, fuck it up and go right back on the app so they make more money. That's the business structure. Mm, great observation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been on them and my clients have been on them. And so I, in that moment, had an idea to create the world's first partnering app because dating apps don't work. And our partnering app has online intimacy training to do all of that inner work. So the relationship with yourself and your beloved thrives. Mm. We also have live conscious connection calls every week. And we mm. practice what we call dyads, asking deep, meaningful questions, speaking really authentically. And the listener, all the listener says is thank you, which doesn't even mean I agree. It just means I heard you. Yeah. And you get the experience of full self-expression in a totally safe, seen and understood way. Mm-hmm. And so you practice what it is to then take that skill out in the dating world. But yeah. we also have a different business model. We go from heart, it's called heartmates instead of soulmates, heartmates. Oh, so I love that. From, thank you. It goes from heartmates for singles into heartmates for couples. Because I'm committed that you become the one. So you're full. Mm-hmm. And then that vibrationally attracts the one. You find the one, but then you've learned the skills to keep the one and thrive with the one. So our two curriculums are there for the long haul for, for people. Yeah. So I invested my own money. Then I ran out of my own money. So I got investors and then that's dwindling down and the freaking app Lori is still not working. Oh and, no. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a much bigger endeavor than I had any idea. Sure. How hard it would be. So I have this team of 11 people, 12 people in India and, and I'm learning about a different culture. Anything I say, they say yes, but it's. No, but they don't want to disappoint me. And so I'm like, okay, I need to figure this shit out. So I decided I actually just had a breakup over the Thanksgiving Christmas break. And I thought, you know what? What's the most important thing to me? Being me and giving to humanity. So Mm -hmm. I spoke to the tech guy, a little bit cranky. I'm a Canadian. Canadians are very polite, but I wasn't so polite. And I said, you know what? $200,000 in a year and a half later, and the app doesn't work and my credibility to my clients is going down. The, the, the intimacy training is solid. The conscious connection calls are solid, but there's mm-hmm. nothing but bugs that won't get fixed. You know, what's going to give. And he's like, he took total ownership and he's like, okay, you're right. We're going to build it on a better foundation, a better structure. We're not going to charge you until it's been totally rebuilt and tested. And you will be our first entrepreneur in residence. Please come to India. Let us put you up, give you a car and you will come to the office and you will infuse the culture with your message. And we will, we will knock this through the park. We will. Oh my God. That's amazing. It is amazing. How could you say no to that? Well, I, I I did at first because I was scared, (laughs) but I've lived in Japan before I've backpacked all over Thailand and China. That was back when I was 20. I'm now 50. But um, right. I'm like, I don't want a backpack. Can I have a house? Yeah. I, I don't want to just like take little tuk-tuks. I want, I want a car, but yeah, like, um, let's do this. So yeah, I leave in two weeks. Me and my cat, we're, we're taking off to India. <laughs> oh my God. India. Well, yeah. well, I'm excited for you. And I would love to, I would love to have updates because I'm super curious as to how this is going to go. You know, not only that, but I'm, I'm obviously very interested in, in what you do, but then doing that over there and that experience is pretty fascinating. So I'd love to yeah. stay on top of that with you. Um, you. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Um, and thank you for being so open and honest about this journey, because that's, that's a bumpy ride and that's been costly and you're still going. You're like, I'm taking this to the finish line. Like if I have to go to India, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Some people yeah. call me brave. Other people call me stubborn, but it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit of both. But um, yeah. when I know something's meant to be, I might not know exactly how it's going to turn out, but I know go that direction. Just like when I hopped on uncle Phil's 18 wheel semi, 
when I was like 19 years old from Canada down to LA, I just knew that I didn't want to be a pharmacist like my dad. I didn't want to be a teacher like my mom. And I was on, that was on the track I was on. So I quit. I got on Uncle Phil's 18 wheeler and I went down to LA to be a dancer because I'd been a dancer since I was five years old jazz, ballet, tap. And I'm like, I could just get a job on a cruise line or something. And I was talented enough mm-hmm. and brave enough, but I didn't have the visa, the work visa. So that's oh, why sorry. I moved to Tokyo. So the energy was go to LA. The universe was like, go to Tokyo, but it, but mm. I followed it. So here I am following this app all the way to India and who knows what the next left turn will be, but I, yeah. I, I feel it. It's sort of like when you, you don't have the high beams of exactly where you're going. You just sort of have the right. the lights in front yeah. of you, so you just, but you know, you know what you know. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You just follow that, that, um, divine nudge and, and yes. you have trust and faith and you go yes. into the darkness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. So. There's going to be a light though. There's going to be a light uh, ahead. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Okay. So let's, um, let's talk about a few things that uh, could help some of our listeners just maybe with their own stuff going on either with themselves and or their partners. Um, It's just some, you know, some basic things, but it seems like the basic things are the things that trip people up constantly. So, and we talked a little bit about this anyway, just um, trying to, trying to show up and just be yourself, be, be, your honest to goodness self. And so the common pattern, I know that you've been there, you've seen it with clients, I do, and it's people trying to change each other. So that, you know, everything's great, you get together. And then after some period of time, all of a sudden, somehow the things shift and people start looking for, you know, what's, they start seeing what they feel isn't right or needs to be changed or needs to be fixed with the, with the other person. yeah, and I find that that's um, that's a common pattern, right? So, yes. how do you? What is a tip that you give people when you start when they start noticing in themselves that, or, or maybe first of all, you need to recognize if you're doing that, and then what do you do about it? Yeah, what do you say? Awareness, and just so yeah. you know, I, I've been another PhD in trying to change people, so so I'm speaking from experience and compassion here. And a little expertise as I become more masterful and I'm still a hot mess from time to time, just so we all know. Okay. Yeah. So when we first are aware, we're trying to fix them. We're probably going to become aware because they get defensive back because it doesn't feel good to be fixed or judged. So you'll be noticing they're getting very defensive and then you can make them wrong for being defensive, but that's not going to get you anywhere. Take a beat, take a pause, take a bathroom break, take a walk around the property, whatever you need to do. And realize you're doing it, number one, awareness. Number two, please don't judge yourself for what you just became aware of, okay? Mm -hmm. You are doing your best because you're probably afraid to deal with what your own shit is. And it's just so much easier to project it and try to fix them over there rather than sit in your own stuff. Mm -hmm. So the next phase would be, so no judgment. And the third would be sit in your own stuff because guess what? They're you you're them. We're all one. Even if they're doing it 99% more annoyingly than you do it, it's only triggering you because you're doing it too, to yourself Mm -hmm. or to someone else and probably both. So if you can go, okay, they, uh, they judge, they, they erupt, they're angry, they yell, they get it. Okay. That's accurate. It's an accurate assessment of what's going on, but where do you yell at yourself? Where do you criticize yourself? Where do you snap mm-hmm. the kids? Where are you not kind to the waitress? Where are you not appreciative of the investors? Like you can look everywhere, physical, yeah. mental, spiritual, vocational, financial, parental, uh, social, romantic, sexual, like go through every freaking area of your life and you will find where you yeah. are them. Very humbling. Very yeah, humbling. Where, you're doing, where you're doing your version of the same thing. Totally. So it'll be empowering. It'll take your attention off of them, which gives them a break and spaciousness to do their own work. And then mm-hmm. you have a look at where you're doing it to yourself. You can change those. But then the real difficult part is where you're doing it to others, even according to their own point of view. And this one was a big one. When I went through that custody battle with my son's uh, father, he did something or what did I call him? 
like a, a lying conniving fuckhead or something. I just, I was so bad, so bad. And my coach, cause I am a coach, but I also have coaches cause I think it's completely irresponsible to be a coach if you don't have coaches cause we can't see our own blind spots to save our life. So yeah. I said to my coach, he's a lying conniving book. And he's like, where are you, Alana? And I'm just like, and I could find it towards myself. Like I broke my word to myself. I was mm-hmm. a bitch to myself. He goes, oh, that's, that's kindergarten. Where do you do that to others? Even if it's just according to their own point of view. Like mm. for example, your ex, where have you been a lying, conniving fuckhead to him? Ah, and that's when, I, that's when I saw that according to his point of view, I humiliated him. I lied to him. I humiliated him in front of all of his friends and he was crushed. And when I got that, I didn't condone what I was mad about with that behavior. Yeah. But a wash of compassion came over me and I realized he is me and I am him and we are one. And my heart opened and my whole body softened. Mm. So that's, that's some intense homework, but that's the level of coaching that I bring to people when they are caught in that pattern of fixing another, it's really a gift to do our own work. Now, the, 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 the plan is that both people do that same homework. The plan is that both people take ownership and grow and stop blaming or fixing or nitpicking each other. And that there becomes a place of appreciation and gratitude for the spaciousness and the inspiration and respect of the other one doing their own work, which then brings the, the couple back together at a higher level of evolution, gratitude, mm-hmm. appreciation, self-ownership, humility, like everything. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the relationships that make it long-term like yours, Lori, I'm sure you both do the work. Yeah. Relationships that I help consciously uncouple, it's basically where one does the work and the other pretends, futzes around, but actually is not interested. And yeah. then, then, they, then they, they end. Yeah. And that's such a good point um, because a couple things there. First of all, I think people that are in relationship and really, you know, and, the, and this is a challenge for them. So they're, they're, they're struggling through this a little bit. I think also understanding that you don't, you're not going to, even if you're working together, you're not going to be working at the same pace. Sometimes right. somebody's going to be moving, evolving or growing a little bit more or faster, or, you know, kind of expanding in a different way. And the other one is not quite there yet. So I, so also I think having, having faith that they're, if they want to, if they've expressed that they really want to make it work, you know, giving them the space and the time to evolve and grow at their pace and, you know, coming, kind of coming through the way that they've been wired. That takes a while and we don't all do it at the same time, at the same pace. And it's, you know, it can get a little bit messy, but if you're, if you're committed, yeah. You know, and you have the faith and you've both said, no, we really want this. It's, it's worth going through the work and being patient yeah. with each other. Yeah. My programs, I've been coaching for 20 years and I find the sweet spot is about a year. And I like to have some private time with them. I mm-hmm. do group calls every single week. So nobody knows, nobody thinks they're alone in this. We're all in mm-hmm. this together. And then also some online training as well. So they can do some more meditations and worksheets at home. And when you, you just put it, you just put it on pause. You put the decision to stay together or break up on pause for a year and you just dive in and you do the work mm-hmm. and you just let it be without that. Well, I need to know, but that's that external circumstance that we need to feel safe on the inside. That's the miswiring. We're going to cultivate yeah. that safety on the inside out without knowing the outcome, totally in the face of uncertainty, completely surfing the unknown mm-hmm. for a year. I got you. The community's got you. You've still got each other. Let's just go through this and see what happens. And that's the, that's really the land of miracles. It is burn the bridge, have an intention, let go of attachment, dive in, roll up your sleeves. Let's get messy. Let's have some fun. Let's cry. Let's laugh. Let's swear. Let's do this. Right. And I sprinkle in some retreats as well. So they have time to be, you know, really immersed for a good four or five days in community and Mm -hmm. uh, away from all of the reminders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Many, many magical relationships have unfolded and even magically uncouple by the end of the year, grateful Mm -hmm. and loving each other and great co-parents or whatever it is. Yeah. That's only about 20% of the time, but it doesn't have to end like mine did with that long ass custody battle. It doesn't have to go that way. 
Yeah. And I, I think that's such another great point too, because not everybody is just meant to go the distance. Yeah. Sometimes it's just meant to be for a season of your life, you yeah. know, what, however long that season lasts. And so being able to coach people through that, if they're going to be going their own way and not continuing the relationship to at least, okay, let's do this. Let's find the way that's the most harmonious, the most loving, yes. the most supportive so that yes. everyone can feel good about it. You don't have to, you know, go into battle mode and then, you know, be in enemy yeah. camps the rest of your life. What an awful, what an awful state to to exist in yes and then you're gonna just go repeat the same mistake with the next person because yes. you didn't grow right? right so it's worth doing the work regardless of yeah. the outcome and it also shows people there's a lot of judgment in our society like if you had the same job for 50 years you're somehow better than if you had 10 jobs over those 50 years if you've mm -hmm. had one partner over your whole life you're somehow better than if you've had five partners over your life like there's a mm -hmm. there's um there's a judgment to how people grow and learn. And even, yeah. I don't know if you have kids, but kids learn yeah. differently. Boys, boys and girls learn differently. Like, oh yes. No, boys are bad because they can't sit still or whatever. Like I have a son. You don't talk to him like you talk to a girl, you know, oh, no. having coffee. He's beside me. We're going for a walk. We're on the trampoline. It's different. Yeah. He's not bad or wrong because he's not a girl or doing yeah. it my way or what have you. So I, I just really love to strip away all identities judgments, expectations, conclusions, and just honor each soul for its own beautiful, unique journey, personally, mm -hmm. professionally, romantically, spiritually. I mean, some people don't quote unquote, wake up and start listening to your show till they're 60. Some people are probably 20 years old listening right now, right? Like everybody has their own path. So just right. to be kind, be more kind to each other. Yeah. 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 We could, we could use a lot more kindness going around a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's, yeah. There's some fundamental things that everybody knows logically they should be doing more of as far as behavior and, mm -hmm. um, you know, toward themselves and towards others. But somehow, <laughs> somehow those very fundamental, simple, not complicated things yeah. have a tendency to get overshadowed by a lot of other stuff. And it doesn't have to be that way. It really is, a, you know, the awareness and, and a mental training. And if you will just practice those yeah. things yeah. um it is amazing how your experience of life will shift no matter what challenges you may be dealing with at the moment but having that different mindset and that different outlook and that different patterned behavior toward yourself and others yeah. it just makes everything no matter what your what your challenges are what speed bumps you're navigating you you if you're going to do it anyway, why not do it in the most pleasant way you possibly right? can, rather right? than making what's hard, harder and totally. just uglier? Yeah. And again, it comes back to intimacy. Our, can we be kind to ourselves? We can't be kind to the rest of the world if we're not first being kind to ourselves. So yeah. while mindset is important, I'm very much more about heart set. And that's why my app is called Heart Nates, because mm. I can have a positive, positive attitude all day long. But it's like sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit. If meanwhile, I am not feeling my feelings, slowing down to do my morning practice, prayer, meditation, journaling, and really mm -hmm. listening to little Alana. Hey, sweet thing. What have I not slowed down to hear you say? Well, you, you avoided me. I was really sad the other day and you just made dinner and went on Facebook. Like, you know, like she'll have a lot to say or he will have a lot to say. Right. But only if we put in the structure of slowing down to face and feel so that we can heal all the little wobbles inside. Otherwise, we just operate on top of it with 10 more affirmations and a great attitude. And then we get passive aggressive. And they say, you said I love yeah. you, but I don't feel it. Right. You made love to me, but you weren't even there. You know, this kind <laughs> of thing. And, I, and I, I understand the actions from the head are different from the beingness from the heart. Yeah, totally. And I think um, it's, uh, I like to really try to find that wonderful partnership between both. Yeah, right. Because you know, if you're too much up here, then it without heart, as you spoke to, um, it's very easy to become um, less warm to become cold to become totally. cruel to become analytical to become less human um, yeah right but if you're and, yeah 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 but if you're um 
not using the gift that we have of being able to reason and logic and think and analyze, and you're only doing emotional things and heartfelt things, sometimes that also can, um, it needs to be tempered with, with the gift of our ability to think yeah. and reason and logic and, yeah. and steer a little bit because one either extreme without some temperance of the other, I think can you get out of balance, right? Yeah. Because yeah. just running around only being, you know, following your emotions can also get you into trouble. Right. Yeah, so taxes, I don't feel like doing my taxes. Like right. <laughs> it's going to yeah. bite fast soon if you don't get in the mood for your taxes. Right. Great. I don't know if you've ever had anybody from HeartMath on your show, but I had the blessing of leading one of their guided meditations at their annual conference in Cancun a couple of years ago. And HeartMath is literally the science that shows us how to have heart, mind, harmony, heart, Perfect. mind, Perfect. unity. You must start in the heart. You cannot feel your way. I'm sorry. You can't think your way into coherence. Mm -hmm. You can only feel your way into coherence. So you must always start in the heart with appreciation. And if you, if everything, your circumstances are so horrible, you can't feel appreciation, feel compassion. But as mm -hmm. you do that, you literally, they, 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 they can measure it. They can measure when your heart literally gets coherent. It's the same vibration as mother earth and the same vibration as the field. And what it does is it sends a signal to the brain and it turns on the best of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, your reasoning, your abstract thinking, and it turns on your instincts, your intuition, so you can trust and hear yourself. Mm. And then also it's the very same vibration as the field, the universe, God, you can hear divine guidance, but only if you first start in the heart and do mm. the inner work to be coherent. And so many of us bypass the heart spiritually bypass say all the right words i am that i am and uh, uh. no mm -hmm. you're not you're a hot mess right no you're not let's just get real well, we can feel it we can feel yeah. a, a bullshitter and we yep. can feel someone that just you're just drawn to them you feel safe and seen you don't feel judged because they're the embodiment yeah. of non-judgment they're the embodiment of compassion they're the embodiment of appreciation, even for this, there's a gift, even in this, mm -hmm. you feel safe with them. And it's a, it's an entrainment. It's an energetic entrainment. They lift you without you even trying being around these kinds of people. Yeah. So that's who we want to be with uh, ourselves. That's who we yeah. want to be for our family, for our businesses. And again, that comes right back to that very intimate practice every morning of facing and feeling so you can heal, become coherent. And then, as you said, bring on in harmony, the best of your mind. And that's when we have those great ideas and we, we don't have to throw spaghetti on the wall, freaking out of how we're going to get the next client or how are we going to freak? No, you like, I know what I know. I take one action, bingo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that heart math. I made a note of that because I have not investigated that. So I'm, oh, I'm totally they're lovely gonna... people. I, yes, yes. That's, that sounds pretty interesting because it sounds like exactly what, what I would, I believe. And so yeah. learning more about that is really calling to me. That's interesting. Um, and you know what else I wanted to say before we move on is it's, uh, I think, really encouraging people to do what you're talking about, which is you have to spend some time alone with yourself. Yes. And having a conversation with yourself and yes. asking yourself some what I call quality questions yes. and answering them, because I think so many people, I mean, you get up and you are on autopilot, which usually for most people is reacting to whatever pops up in front of them for the day. Right. Totally. And you, yeah. And and you there's a there's either just you're not in the practice of it. You don't know that maybe it's going to be beneficial or there's a resistance to it. Um, oh. There's, there's a big resistance to sitting down and getting intimate in that way with yourself and just having these deep conversations. Um, and then you're just sort of um, glazing the surface of your life. life. And then they kick dirt in your face and it's over. Yeah. I have great compassion for people that say, oh, sure, I'm going to get up early and I'm going to face and feel. Well, the first time you feel, it's going to be like Niagara Falls if you haven't been feeling. And it's mm -hmm. going to be terrifying. There'll be so much anger, so much rage, so much shame, so much mm. guilt, so much terror. There's going to be so much something you're like, oh, hell no. I'm just mm -hmm. going to go get busy again. 
So that's mm -hmm. the beauty of the different programs that I've created. We literally have these quantum psychology processes that teach people not just to feel for the sake of feeling, we feel to integrate, to process, yeah. to heal that mm, trauma wound trigger that happened. It didn't happen because you're a bad person. It happened to grow you and evolve mm -hmm. you, but mm -hmm. you didn't get the wisdom yet because it has to be integrated to get the wisdom. The wisdom is like bravery, compassion, the ability mm -hmm. to speak up, the ability to let go. All of those are capacities that start over here in pain, shame, betrayal, abuse, abandonment, yeah. everywhere it starts. Yeah. Okay, but if you do the work, you get to be so confident from the inside out, but there's a way to do it that's supportive. And this is a little, I am kind of geeky sometimes with science. Um, basically, just therapy alone doesn't do the trick. Just a vision board alone doesn't do the trick. Just some tapping somatic doesn't do the trick. Just a good cry and a glass of wine and a tequila shot in the bath or whatever doesn't do no, the trick. They're band-aids. No, they're band-aids. But together, and this is what I've learned in my quantum psychology training, image, thought, emotion, body, sensation, all four elements, when matched in, in a process, will mm -hmm. um, duplicate and dissolve it into the higher vibration. But only three out of four, two out of four, one out of four, what you resist persists and it actually makes it grow. I don't know about you, but I have clients that said, I've been in therapy for three years and it's worse. I go, yes, because you're just talking about it. It's yes. not enough. It's not yeah. enough. But these processes are spooky, crazy effective and, and they integrate it. And you're like, oh my God, it's, it's like lasting change. Okay, now let's go for the next one. Lasting change, which is also why we do it for a year. And that's also why we do it in the group calls as well. Because I can integrate six to 10 people in one call and mm -hmm. everybody gets six to 10 times the, um, the results because they're watching yeah. everybody else. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to be the one I'm talking to. It's like, oh my God, everybody's watching. But if I'm yeah. watching Joanne or George, well, I can get right in there and I can go along with that process, breathe through that process, visualize that process, affirm that process. So people, I mean, I like to think that there's more value in a private session because it's just me. But often at the end of yeah. these calls, I say, what's the greatest value you got out of our group call today? And I, you know, my ego wants them to say, oh, Alana, you were so, and they're like, <laughs> you're amazing. When Joanne, when Joanne did this, it changed my life. And when George right. said that, it's like, my life is forever different. I'm like, yeah, oh, wait a minute. Together, we get farther faster. This is really why we're meant to rise together in these group calls, the, the vibration, all the integration by the end of it, it's so safe. We just, we just soar. Um, mm -hmm. yeah I, I love what I've learned I love what I can teach I love yeah yeah so yeah that's that's awesome and I think you're right though because there is obviously a lot of value depending on the person their circumstances and having your private time of course for sure. For sure. but there is huge value in being in a group because there's always something you know if you're if you're willing to be open and you're yes. willing to go how does that apply to my life what version of that is going on with me because there's usually some sort of connective tissue there like oh, you said and, and sometimes a person will recognize it right away and go oh yeah that's me or sometimes they don't recognize it right away but then they think about it and and they let it marinate and they go you know what i i do see how i've that's either played out in my life or whatever and yeah. they do you do gain a lot from listening to other people's experiences oh, for sure yeah. And the first, if so let's say you've been through a horrible divorce or a betrayal within your divorce and you're just speaking up and being vulnerable just feels like I can't, I can't do that. So to go from zero to 60 out into the dating game again, or right back into talking with your spouse again, when you just feel so betrayed, it's a big leap. But the middle step of being in a group, practicing in this safe container mm -hmm. every single week, a little bit more, you kind of get your groove back. You get your confidence back. You realize, wow, I was totally vulnerable. Nobody killed me. Nobody like laughed at me. In fact, they were inspired and grateful. Huh, that's curious. Yeah. And then you grow and you're like, wow, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But when I'm 100% myself, my people show up. Mm -hmm. And the ones that aren't my people self-select and they leave. Wow, yeah. okay. And I can live through potential rejection. I can live yes. through real rejection. And I don't have to reject myself. Wow, how curious. If people have a pattern of being rejected a lot on the outside by a spouse or dating, you have a little look like that exercise I gave back at the beginning. How much do you reject yourself? Yeah. Probably no, I 
That's such a common thing. And sometimes people are aware of it. Sometimes they're not. They, you know, you need to go through the process to help them become aware of it. But that's such a big thing with people. And of course, you know, just as humans, um, you know, connection is like one of the top needs that we all have. So rejection is the absolute opposite of that. That's the punishment, right? That's like, like being put in solitary. I mean, you don't want to be nobody wants to be rejected on any level. It's it's a terrible feeling. So it's interesting when you have a group, you know, people that are comfortable being in a group and give that a try, then also not only are, you know, everybody that's listening and watching, are they gaining something from it, but the person that is sharing something that maybe has been they've not shared before or they're very nervous about uh, and then they feel this sense of sense of freedom, right? After yeah. they're like, "Wow, yeah, I uh, my my head didn't you know spin off my shoulders and and burst into a million pieces. I'm still alive. Uh, yeah. I I and nobody's rejected me. Nobody's you know thrown eggs at the screen. In fact, yeah. it's the opposite, right? So yeah, yeah. So they really get um, fueled in a positive yes. way. Totally. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to know that your most vulnerable, brave moment was a benefit to another. And you mm-hmm. come back next week and they're like, when you shared that last week, I did this this week and I just created, I'm an inspiration. Oh my God. So mm-hmm. it, it cultivates this sense of confidence, not from our external accomplishments and achievements that we normally look for confidence. It's mm-hmm. like this inner confidence where mm-hmm. me being me is a contribution. Wow. Like that, nobody can take that away. You know, you can yeah. lose a job, you can lose a partner, you can lose, but that's yours to keep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, all right, let's, um, let's touch on for a minute about what have you seen since this whole, um, you know, <laughs> year or two of chaos has ensued. Um, have you noticed that there are like extra things that, that, couples are are dealing with like if they had problems before have they been exacerbated in this this period or yeah what is what's your observation been and what kind of things might you be able to share a couple of things to say look if you know if if you guys had some things before and then this period of time has caused them to become even larger what to do where should you start yeah well first when before it all went down we could sort of gloss over things and because we had didn't have a lot of stress didn't have a lot of uncertainty didn't have you know we could we could mm-hmm. oh another five years has passed and we still haven't talked about the budget you know yeah. another five years has passed we still haven't talked about why sex is the same we haven't you know we haven't talked about our differences in spirituality or religion with the kids like we just haven't talked about any because we just sort of don't have to well when you're stuck in a house and you're under so much stress and uncertainty and many people would lose loved ones or lose jobs or lose all these kinds of things. Um, What really matters gets really clear. So people either shut down more, more drugs, suicide Mm -hmm. rates are higher, you know, more of those coping mechanisms or the opposite. All right, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's open our heart. Let's really have some heart to heart conversations here. And what can we do about it? So I obviously get the pleasure and privilege of working with the people who have rolled up their sleeves and said, okay, this has never really worked. We want to make this work. And then if it doesn't help us to complete or they're single and you know what my game boy or whatever they call it, or, you know, my like playing, playing video games and eating pizza and and, uh, jacking off on porn has worked. But now, you know, I'd actually, I'd actually really like a relationship and I don't even know how to talk to a girl or she's right. so in her masculine. I've just worked and worked and worked so I don't have to be vulnerable and open my heart and have another yeah. one hurt me again. And I'm going to stay with my story that all men are bl- Okay, I'm willing mm-hmm. to forgive and open my heart and learn how to soften. I still want to be a badass businesswoman, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to see the value in my femininity and in my softness. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified mm-hmm. to let go of control. So these are some of the stories I hear from single men and women or, or people in relationship. And mm-hmm. the, way, the, the answer is always the way through is the way through. That's the answer. There's no way through, but through. And it always starts with intimacy with self and letting go of blame of others, integrating the blame of others into gratitude of the lesson that all those things really provided you, that nothing yeah. is against you. Everything is for you, but leaning into a real betrayal is, is not easy. 
but there's a gift in there. And to really yeah. own where we're addicted to pleasure and resisting pain, which means we're always going to be on a roller coaster, always addicted to someone, something on the outside to feel okay on the inside. So yeah. if you're ready to take your power back and do all this inner work and really be the king or the queen that you are, either to shift your relationship that you're in or to cultivate uh, a new one, that's the way through. And mm -hmm. so again, it's just what we've been talking about before, yeah. self-forgiveness, learning yeah. how to feel and integrate emotions forgive the past, not just sprinkles, but literally thank you for giving me this experience because I've discovered, I've learned, I've integrated, I've embodied, I've become like own it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then of course at the end would be the communication skills of how to continue that intimate relationship with yourself, the divine and your beloved. Like date night is lovely, but do you just talk about the kids? Do you just talk about work? Do you just sit on your phone and not even look at each other? Oh, I see that all the time perfunctory sex. And then that was yeah. date night. Like, no, right. let's really, let's really like, and I have all these beautiful dyads, these deep, meaningful questions. And people are like, mm -hmm. I literally had this one couple on zoom. They've been married 28 years and I got them to do the dyad, which means all they get to say is thank you. And the other one shares, they've never done that. They always interrupt each other all the time for 28 years. And they just had to sit there and burn in the fire. And you could just see them wanting to crawl out of their skin because they wanted to be right. So they could be in control. Mm -hmm. And I just made them sit there. And then, and then after a couple of rounds, the tears started and they said, I've, I've never felt like you've ever heard me ever until today. It was, it's, 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 miraculous. that's amazing. It's miraculous. So the, the work works, you got to commit to it. I don't mm -hmm. want to pussyfoot and just give you a little bit of relief in three months. We're going to have lasting change. I want to give you, but I wanted to yeah. give you a fish. I want to teach you to fish. Um, and, and the community is beautiful, safe, mm -hmm. honoring and high level. And we, we do the work and that's the way through. And I'm so proud of my community and they inspire the shit out of me. And yeah, uh, we that's awesome. Yeah. We got to be together on a retreat in Mexico last October and just to, oh, mm. to have a hug was mm. just, I mean, we've had so few hugs. That's another thing I would say uh, to couples bookend your day with a 10 second hug. And I mean, full body, mm -hmm. I mean, full body and rest. You'll notice after one potato, two potato, we normally break three potato, four, five potato. Oh, we're still there. Surrender more, surrender more 10 seconds. Whatever's underneath the surface will arise. And it could be hurt. It could be sadness. It could be, I miss you. It could be, I desire you. Mm -hmm. um, whatever's under yeah. Will, yeah. will be revealed if you slow down for a full-on 10-second hug morning and night. And then you put in the practice of talking about whatever that was in a healthy way like we teach. Or mm -hmm. if it's desire, let it come from that deeper, deeper heart, sacred sexual place rather than more of the perfunctory place. And you'll realize that you don't just have sex that night, you make love. Mm -hmm. um, so these 10-second hugs can also be transformational. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's um, a pattern that happens is in a longer term relationships, especially where it's um, you, you just that that physical connection for people starts to get less and less and less. And again, even if it's just um, like you said, the the quality of your hug, that affection, that taking the time to just pause and and hold each other for a few extra seconds and just mindfully be there. Not like I'm as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go do that. Not like what's my right. next step after this, but I'm just no. here like you just sink into it right now. And it's yeah. very powerful. I mean, it may not sound like it, people um, that are listening, if this is not part of your routine, but trust me um and what elena is telling you it's a very powerful process and you should give it a try if if it's yeah. important to you to keep yes. nurturing your relationship yes. because yeah. right if you don't keep nurturing it if you don't keep fertilizing it if you don't yeah. keep cultivating it then it's gonna die, it will, it's gonna die. anything yeah. that you want to hang on to in your life whether it's your finances your health your relationships you can't just let them be stagnant they'll die you'll lose yeah. them so you yeah. have to keep cultivating and nourishing and being mindful, tending mm -hmm. to it, right? And then it's then it's something beautiful and you'll hang on to it and it will flourish and thrive. Yeah, that's so well said. I like mm -hmm. giving them the, like, so the first week I'm like 10 second hugs morning and night. Next week, 10 second hugs and then ask, 
Tell me a thought in your head, a sensation in your body, and a truth in your heart. Because a lot of the times we're just spinning in our head. We don't notice that we're feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. We don't notice that we're aching for touch. We don't notice that we're feeling scared. And then we don't ask our heart what its truth is. We ask our mind. And that really drops people into a whole other level. Mm -hmm. um, I have all sorts of fun little things that get people to I, do. Yeah, I can, I, I can tell. Uh, when you come back from India, perhaps we can do this again and we'll carry on some more because I, I know we're closing in on our time here. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let me ask you this before we sign off. Um, by the time this episode drops, we're going to be close to Valentine's Day nice. and people usually do the same things. Is there any like little like what? Try something maybe different. Try this this year. Is there any little fun yeah. tidbit you want to drop in people's yeah. minds? Well, I have two tidbits. So the first one is if any of this has spoken to you and you're like, I want to do the work, I want mm -hmm. you to go to my website, which is my name. And you can register for an intimacy blind spot breakthrough call with my amazing intimacy success advisor, because we often think we know what it is, but if we knew what it was, we'd change it. So it's going to be a blind spot. And that could be the biggest gift you could give your relationship way more than just flowers or chocolate or whatever. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year long, your whole mm -hmm. marriage or lifetime long. So that's like, really, um, that's the mature spiritual answer I want to give you. But a, but a tactical answer back to the flowers. Um, I'd like you to, and you can get if you're uh, for your man, if he likes chocolate or tortilla chips or I don't know, uh, uh, 10 new drills or uh, I don't know, like get him, <laughs> get him, get him a, a dozen something and get her a dozen of her favorite flowers. And I want you to give those um, gifts to each other one at a time with the um, statement a reason I appreciate you is and then finish the sentence. And I want 12 roses and I want 12 reasons why you appreciate her. And same with whatever gift you wanna give him. Ooh, you know, I appreciate yeah. you because, and I want you to go deep. I want it to be, you know, cause you make my favorite meatloaf even though you know I hate it. Or I know you hate meatloaf, but you make it for me. Or, you know, just the way you look at me across the room, it just still moves me all these years later. Mm. Or, you know, or okay. watch the way you are with our kids. And I'm so proud that you, that we're parents together, like take your time and really, and I don't mean to be morbid, but today's a gift. Mm -hmm. We don't, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Nope. So what have you not said and made it land, you know, make, yeah. make it land. So put the, sit the person down, put them, put a nice little crown on their head, or I don't know, make it all special, get down on one knee and give them one at a time. And how much you appreciate, like worship your beloved, and, and make it land. And probably after gift number, flower number four or seven, they're gonna be in tears or smirking or laughing. And then probably by like flower or gift 10 or 11, you'll be in bed making love, hopefully, if the kids aren't around or whatever. But um, let let it really blow your hearts open. Mm-hmm. That's have an experiential amazing. gift. Amazing. Yeah. I love that because you're right. What you did was you you took something that, you know, is not unusual for people to do is to get a gift. Yeah. Um, but then you said, but how do I make that actually truly more meaningful? Because, yeah. you know, every year you can think back and go, well, I think I got flowers last year. Or I think I got chocolates last year. Or I think, or I can't remember or whatever. But that, that, that the speech or the, the letter, however you're going to deliver yeah. it, oh, definitely that is something that will be remembered oh yeah yeah and then when you look at that bouquet of flowers for the next mm -hmm. week or two before they die it's not just a bouquet right. of flowers it's every reason he appreciates me right and whenever you're doing whatever you're doing with the gift that you get for him when he uses that drill or when he does whatever <laughs> he does, his new socks or whatever you got him, he'll be like oh she appreciates me and so that's really mm -hmm. we we live for experiences our ego wants us to look good and be right but our heart just wants to be seen and understood and mm -hmm. connect. Appreciated. So, yeah, mm -hmm. these acknowledged yeah. are really what nourish a relationship over time. Mm -hmm. So um, when you think about here, I've got a hundred bucks. What is the richest experience I could create with this rather than the biggest bells and whistles I could buy to impress him or her? Yeah, I love that. All right. So listeners, you got that? Like 12 flowers, 12 drill bits, 12 chocolates, 12... <laughs> 
beers, try not to drink them all at once. You know, that, <laughs> you get the idea. But then the yeah. most important part is writing out the statement, what I love about you or appreciate about you. Yeah. Yeah. And filling in the blank. And if if you're really scratching your head, then you probably want to think that you may have some more work to do. But, you know, yeah. I think if you think, okay, seriously, if um, if this was my last day on earth, what would I be saying? What would I want to convey um, yeah. and come up with something that is really, truly um, honest and from the heart? Don't make shit yes. up. Yeah, you know? yeah totally. Yeah. yeah. And if there's so much resentment, hurt, pain, um, and you just can't even do the exercise without saying son of a bitch or whatever you want to say, you've got work to do, please do it. Yeah. Please do it. It's for your own. So you don't get cancer and have toxicity from all of the negativity inside your body, but it's just for you. It's, it's your birthright to be free of all of this and grow from all of this and thrive in your relationship with yourself and your beloved. It's for mm -hmm. your family. So they don't keep repeating the patterns that you're teaching them. It's the gift yeah. that keeps on giving when you really take care of yourself. So I look yeah. forward to hopefully meeting some beautiful souls and supporting you on your journey and hearing how Valentine's day went. And I'm still working yeah. from India. I'm getting up late or getting up early and staying up late. I'm making it work. So that's, um, so, that's so cool. I can't wait to hear about your journey. Um, yeah. Before I let you go, uh, why don't you share your social media, your website, make sure people know where to find you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So a lot of YouTube videos, over 5 million views. So uh, my name on YouTube, Alana Pratt, lots of great resources there. Uh, I'd love to have you on my podcast. It's called Intimate Conversations. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, have lots love of to. Good, um, intimate, obviously, edgy, raw, real um, experts there to share. So that's another resource. And then my site, alanapratt.com forward slash connect. That's how you have one of those intimacy blind spot breakthrough calls with my intimacy success advisor. Her name's Natalie, or you could just start with our free assessment. It's an intimacy blind spot assessment. You can go through that totally complimentary just to get a deeper mm. feel if, if we're your jam. Um, <laughs> that's love awesome. To, love to yeah. And and we will also um, put those links in the show notes so it will be easy for people to find. Um, Alana, you have been delightful and I have oh. so enjoyed our conversation. Thank and you. likewise, neighbor. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but yes, um, you've been amazing. And I'm very excited for your journey to India. And I really do want to keep in touch throughout that. I'm, I'm super curious about it. Um, and yes, so everyone, uh, please make sure that you go and check out all of the amazing stuff because Alana really does have a ton of stuff on her YouTube channel and resources on her website. So please go uh, and check it out. You won't be sorry. There's a lot of great tools for there for you there. Um, all right, that's a wrap. I am going to hope that I'm going to be hearing some feedback about your Valentine's Day this year after those juicy tidbits. So you guys, um, to find out what private coaching with me is all about, you know to head on over to lauriebischoff.com. And if you found value in this show, please share all the good shift being shared here. Give us a five-star rating and a review because you know those reviews help inspire other people to check it out. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay focused on cultivating your relationships and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. Oh, and that goes for you too, Mr. Gary Vee.